and good morning. This past week, I found myself going for a long walk in my West Asheville neighborhood. After all, it was in the mid-60s this week, so why not get out and enjoy the weather, as strange as it is? I walked down Brevard Road, and I came upon the most decorated home that I have ever seen. Some of you may have seen this home as well. It stands on the corner of Brevard and I think Morris, or Morningside, one of those roads over there. And in a quarter-acre lot, I think every square inch is covered in Christmas paraphernalia. Warning, if you are an Episcopalian who is in the Advent police, (laughs) that cringes every time you hear the words Merry Christmas before December 25th, do not drive down Brevard Road. This house, it celebrates Christmas every single day. Every single day there is December 25th. At the front gates, there is an army of Frosty the Snowmen. There are nutcrackers. There are reindeer. There are rows and rows of candy canes. There are inflatable elves. There are glowing icicle candles. And then there are the Santas. There are maybe half a dozen traditional white, jolly old St. Nicholas Santas. There is an African-American black Santa. There is a Snoopy Santa Claus from Charlie Brown. And then there is this even, even crazier, green, glowing alien Santa Claus. <laughs> and somehow tucked in between all of that is this nativity set with a glowing Joseph and Mary and, and baby Jesus. It is uh, an incredible show. There are lights surrounding the property. And in big block letters, like something out of Las Vegas, there is the word joy flashing on and off (laughs) to all people driving by on Haywood Ave or Brevard Road. I stood in front of this house last week for a good few minutes. My jaw dropped. Traffic was waving me across. I continued to just watch. I was amazed at the sheer majesty and mix of this person's Christmas spirit. These folks, I thought, are ready for Christmas. As I walked home, I was still buzzing from this experience, and I ran into a neighbor preparing his house for Christmas, putting up his decorations. He was middle-aged, he wore glasses, he had salt and pepper hair, and he had this look of determination on his face. He was hanging a small yet simple wreath There was no alien Santa Claus. There was no icicles or lights. It was a small and simple wreath with a large red ribbon on the front. He was putting it on his garage. He's literally just a few blocks away from this great mansion of Christmas, and not to let him feel less than his neighbor, I called out that I told him his decorations look beautiful. I really like your wreath, I said. And he paused at what he was doing. He looked down, and he smiled at me, and he said, thank you. And then quickly the smile disappeared. He looked down at his feet and he said, this is the first Christmas without my mom. She died back in the summer. I stood there for just a few moments, kind of shocked in front of this neighbor that I hardly knew. And I didn't really know what to say. 
The lights from Alien Santa and the candy cane forest were still glimmering in the corner of my vision. The words joy continued to blink on and off. I'm so sorry, I said. That is really hard. We stood there for a few more moments just chatting. And I walked back to my home and realized that I was standing quite literally at the intersection of grief and joy this Advent season. It was so palpable. I've been struggling for this encounter for most of the week. And I've come to acknowledge something that many of you probably already know, but something that all of us need to remember is that the holidays are really hard. The holidays are really hard for people. And for so many reasons. There's the financial aspect of it, which places this burden of money and gift-giving on people that might be struggling. But then there's something even deeper. I want you to think about it. Everywhere you go, every place you turn, from the grocery store to the gas station, to the restaurant that you go to, to the gym, or simply just going out for a walk on your street, you are confronted by an overwhelming sensory experience that pulls at the strings of your deepest memories. The smells of Christmas, certain foods and drinks, ciders and eggnogs and evergreen trees, the sounds of Christmas songs, Bing Crosby, Mariah Carey, sleigh bells, the sights of Christmas lights, nativity sets, Christmas wreaths, our memory is so intertwined with our senses. And for many people, the unearthing of these once happy harbingers of Christmas are really painful. They expose our wounds. They remind us maybe of what we no longer have. They remind us that so-and-so isn't here with us to celebrate this year. That maybe our families and our friends, it isn't what it used to be. And there's this feeling maybe that Maybe I don't feel like being joyful right now. Maybe I don't feel so happy. And then there's this feeling of guilt for maybe not feeling as happy as we should, as joyful as we should, celebrating the way that we are taught we should. The holidays are hard. And for every house that piles on lights and decorations and candy canes, there's a house or two just trying to survive with a simple wreath or maybe no lights at all. For every person full of holiday cheer, there is someone in desperate need of hope. In the gospel today from Luke, we hear the joyful and hopeful song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and he has redeemed them. You might not know it from that passage, but this is a person who just a few verses ago in the first chapter of Luke, a few weeks ago, was struggling in the wilderness of his life, in the despair of his life, because he and his partner were not able to have a child. Just a few weeks ago, Zechariah, this person who's singing a joyful song today, was not capable of hope. Old and frail, he and Elizabeth had given up on their deepest desire to have a child. And then the angel Gabriel came and everything changed. 
He went from hopeless to hopeful. He was redeemed. He was saved. He was blessed. Today he sings. Now he is confronted with the miraculous birth of his child. And Zechariah greets Judea. He greets us this morning with a beautiful song, reminding us that God is faithful to God's people. God remembers his promises. God hears them. God is with us. It is as if with this song today, Zechariah is saying, look, look, God is here. He is working here. Even if you don't see it, even though you might not feel it, even through months or years of sadness or pain or turmoil, God is somewhere working through it. He is in the barrenness of your life, whatever that barrenness might look like. Zechariah is full. He is joyful. And he calls to those in Judea, he calls to us that we should have hope even in darkness. Cathedral Church, if you, like Zechariah, find yourself redeemed today, if you find yourself or this season with a full heart, with a full home, or with a full belly, if you find yourself not with a dream deferred, but with a dream realized, then perhaps you might think about what it might mean to embody the role of the prophet this Advent season. To embody the role of Zechariah in your own life today. What do I mean by this? Look again at this song. I read it. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give the knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Brothers and sisters, this song of Zechariah is not just a description of the world in which John and the coming Christ will bring with them. It is a call to action for those people who might call themselves Christians, for those who might want to usher in the spirit of Christmas in a world where many might deem that spirit impossible. Look at the verbs of this song today. Give knowledge. Forgive have compassion, show mercy, give light, guide, walk in peace. Brothers and sisters, this is an Advent invitation to step into the shoes of prophets. Prophets like John and Isaiah. And let us not forget that prophets, yes, they challenge in the Bible. They call people out and they question they question the powers that be. They hold people accountable, but they also offer hope. They also offer us another way forward, a new way. All souls, the world needs joyful prophets this Advent season. It has never needed joyful Advent prophets more than it does now. Violence and isolation, poverty and despair, they hold our gaze. But this hopelessness demands your actions. You, you must embody the prophet. You must embody the role of the prophet of the Most High. You must go before the Lord to prepare his ways. You must point the way toward salvation in Jesus when people may have forgotten or feel lost. You must offer tender mercy. You must be the dawn in the darkness of night and in the shadow of death. 
and point to that horizon where the sun is just rising, a sliver of light just showing, and say, hold on. You must extend your hands into the brokenness and the barrenness and guide our feet into the ways of peace. This prophetic embodiment, if we step into the shoes of the prophets, if we offer this hope, this and only this is how we truly arrive at Christmas. And I'm not talking about a phony Christmas besieged by Santas and reindeers and lights and all those things are really fun, but a true Christmas where our hearts embrace an unimaginable hope that new life can happen and that new life will happen. And a new life will happen in the most unimaginable ways. New life will happen in a womb that could never bear a child. New life will happen in a manger on a cold night in Bethlehem. Embracing a prophetic embodiment will mean, it will mean celebrating a true Christmas where we are reminded not of what we have lost, but of what we stand to gain. I want you to look around you. I want you to look at the person to your left and to your right. I'm serious. Go ahead and do it. I know this is weird. Go ahead and do it. Make eye contact. Make eye contact. Yeah. You might know the person that you looked at. You might know of that person, or you might see them on Sundays and smile. They are good people. You'll pass the peace to them in just a few minutes. But where, at the intersection of joy and grief, does that person reside today? Check in on your people, all souls. Check in on your community. Extend a hand to people if you can spare it. Extend a hand if you are the one who needs it. And let us guide our feet out of darkness and the shadow of death as we make our way towards a true Christmas this season. Amen.